sabe. Suena el bombo. Ando tumbado que el ritmo lo pongo yo. Pops and the Rings. Pops and in the Rican show, only we're, uh, we're missing the Rican. And so I guess it's, uh, it's just Pops gone wild today. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm Pops, and, and the, the, uh, the dead space is where the Rican usually goes, and I'm the Rican. And, or I'll say, and I'm the Rican. I don't know. I don't know how he says it. Anyway, uh, this is Pops in the Rican show, and uh, we are in for, uh, for a fun time today because... Uh, we are visiting with a couple of the comics that are in town for uh, an event at Joker's Comedy Club, uh, downtown Indy. And uh, so for you all, uh, Max and, and Karen, mm-hmm. and, and, and Ron is, uh, he's, he's, at the moment. he's someplace in the hotel. <laughs> and uh, if he's like me, he's napping. Uh, I don't know how old Ron is. Uh, but, it's not that one. But <laughs> I, look, I look for a good excuse to nap anytime I get, especially when it's raining. Yeah. And it has been raining like crazy. So, anyway, uh, Karen, Max, welcome to the Pops and the Rican Show. Well, oh, thanks hey, for having us thank on. Thank you for having us. Well, let me, uh, let me, first of all, we'll throw this out. Uh, tell me, you, you can decide who goes first and, and uh, you know, if you want to arm wrestle, <laughs> if you want to arm wrestle over it. Uh, I'll draw. I'll draw a crowd, and we'll, we'll make wagers. As um, the host and MC of the show, I'll I'll lead the way. I'll, I'll guide us through the evening. Thank and you, Max. Through the podcast, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite the trooper taking one for the team already. Okay, I'm gonna go first. Uh, so, Thank Max, Max, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and uh, and how did you get started in comedy? Okay, uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're in some pretty exciting times right now. I don't know if you follow sports at all, but a few nights ago, St. Louis won the um, uh, the, the highest murder rate in America. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's and, a uh, good thing. Yeah, yeah, we won that, and uh, that was a good win for us. Uh, oh, yeah, and the Stanley Cup, too. That was cool, I guess. Um, I started, let's see, I started comedy five and a half years ago at uh, the Funny Bone in St. Louis. That's uh, still my home club. Uh, well, let's see how I, I got started just like any other comedian, you know, what I wanted really to be was a musician, but I didn't know how to play music and didn't want to learn how to play an instrument and was just looking for something, uh, other, other way I could get on stage and not have any sort of talent. And I, (laughs) and that's, uh, that's comedy. It's the one thing where you don't have to practice or have real talent before you just get up there and start going. And, uh. Yeah, I just uh, a friend of mine was doing the open mic there, and I followed him up one time and tried it out, and just 
I don't know. Just got addicted right away. Just stuck with it, and that's. I mean, that's how most people do. You just you it go up to your blood you go up. Yeah, you go up to an open mic. You decide you love it, and you just you know basically sacrifice everything else in your life and you, <laughs> and start going with it. And and how long you been you been at this now? Five and a half years. Five and a half years. So uh, let's see. Five and a half years in. Uh, you're on your third uh, Netflix special already. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't find it. It's uh, it's on it's on private mode on my account. But um, I'm, I'm getting ready to release them. They don't um, know that you've got them there ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's under Bill Burr. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but that's yeah. That's that's me. Uh, <laughs> Karen, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about you. Where where are you from, and, and where how did you get started in this mess? Um, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I actually was living. Um, I just moved back to Dayton. I'd been living in Chicago, and I'd been doing improv a lot. And uh, I got started in stand up because when I moved back to Dayton, we didn't have improv there, and I needed a hobby. So I thought, well, I'll just try. You know, stage doesn't scare me anymore, so I'll just try and see. And I actually did my first show at the Dayton Funny Bone, which is not my home club, but that's the first time I got on stage. And I thought, oh, this isn't too bad. So your home club in Dayton is is, is Wiley's, Wiley's. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Wiley's, uh, they seem to be. Uh, it, I, I have yet to get over there, which is really uh, a uh, shame. It is a shame. A travesty, to say the least. <laughs> yes. How dare you? Uh, I actually was was going to go during the World Series of Comedy event that, that they mm-hmm. had at, at Wiley's. Uh, and then I got a call, uh, hey, we want you to uh, to fill in for uh, a three-day cruise. And I'm like, well, no, I can't do that because I'm going to go to Dayton. Um, <laughs> Obviously. And so, I mean, money or Dayton, I don't know. I'm, it's it's a but, – but I hear some great things about Wiley's. Yeah. And I, I definitely need to get over there. And uh, Well, I, I'll extend an invitation to you. I run the Wiley's fireworks competition. Okay. It's at the last weekend of June. It's June 28th to 30th. First prize is $1,000. All right. Well. So uh, come hang out or, hey, today's the deadline. Enter the contest. So uh, I have to, <laughs> I have to what, tell jokes while I'm lighting fireworks? Uh, no, we don't allow that anymore uh, because of the thing that happened. Um, somebody might have said something. Somebody got offended at a joke. So now we just light fireworks. Yeah. No, you, uh, it's just jokes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's. Four shows of the first round, and then the winners of those shows move on to the to the finals. It's really cool. fun. Cool. Yeah. So you're in town at Joker's, mm-hmm. uh, and I know uh, sometimes uh, comics uh, they they get together and they're like, "Hey, let's find a good excuse to hang out for a while." Um, and so they put together a show that they take on the road. Is that something you guys have done with, uh, what is it, Comedy Junkies is the name of the show at, at Joker's. Is that a show you guys put together so you can all hang out and uh, spend time with a bunch of friends? Or uh... No, Ike, uh, Ike is the producer of it, yeah. um, you know, obviously, and he's the, the manager of the uh, Joker's. But he's, yeah, he's the producer of it, and he's the one just booking, uh, booking it. So, I mean, it's not really, like I said, like we had all just... All, we're all just meeting each other for the first time, you know. He's we're, he just sort of brought us together, but I mean, um, 
you know, yesterday was the first day we were all just got in. So, I mean, we hung out at the club, and then, you know, I guess we're hanging out doing this. So, I, I mean, uh, it was more of a, you know, we're hanging out because we're doing the show rather than yeah. vice versa. But um, You could do worse. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're pretty fun. We're, we're we're a fun we're a fun group when we're when we're totally awake. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what I will say. I've been I've been doing comedy for uh, just at twenty years, a little over twenty years, and there are times when you meet comics and it just clicks, and there's times where you you know you meet a comic and he's like, um, I don't know if I even want to get to know you. And, uh, <laughs> Well, thanks. <laughs> but when it clicks, it, yeah. it's it's just a lot of fun because it's it's like a well, it's like a very weird uh, family reunion, you know, Absolutely. where you're meeting you're meeting cousins you didn't know you had, and uh, and you like you don't know how exactly you're related. You always have to know algebra to know like what kind of cousin <laughs> they are. Like you're my second cousins on the third reverse side of my stepmother's daughter's <laughs> aunt's. Uh, 14 times removed, and it's like, I don't know how to do this math. Yeah, Max and I just found out we're probably actually related, so. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, my, my buddy. Cousin stuff. Yeah. My buddy, uh, Johnny W., uh, comic out of, out of Nashville, uh, does a bit about uh, how his dad was uh, born part of a uh, set of conjoined twins. Oh. And uh, so now they, uh, they refer to that his uncle as uh, one times removed. Uh, so, uh, which, that's funny. So, um, anytime somebody says, "Yeah, my second cousin, one time removed," I'm like, uh, "So they were they were conjoined twin cousins? How does that work? Uh, must have been from from Arkansas." Uh, anyway, so let me uh, let me ask you then: uh, when it comes to your comedy. Mm-hmm. Where where did you where do you get your inspiration? Where you know where, where do you get your your most of your material? Where do you find the the foundation of your of your uh, of your set of your comedy? Uh, I think the most important thing is to have had a a, a real uh, crazy childhood uh, <laughs> or a crazy <laughs> life. I don't know if you've uh, you've run into a lot of wild situations that usually gives you. Inspiration, whether uh, the mentality for it or just the stories, or both. Um, but a lot of my material comes from being a young single parent and uh, just having a very uh, pretty odd family, pretty crazy uh, family, and a pretty interesting childhood. And so I'm I'm mostly mostly a storyteller. And so I, I, I just draw from having a lot of a lot of stories to talk about, and once those all once those all run out have run their course, hopefully I've had some more crazy uh, situations that I can t- talk about. Because, but uh, yeah, I have a pretty um, pretty long depth of uh, material and stories to talk about. So I guess that that just that helps. So it's, it's one of those things where uh, you thank uh, your parents for giving you uh, good material, and you, your your counselor thanks your parents for screwing yeah, you. So forgive, yeah, I forgive them for helping yeah. them. Yeah, give them uh, business clientele. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. yeah. 
Karen, what about you? Where, where do you find your inspiration? Um, well, I had a pretty decent childhood, actually, unlike most comics I know. Um, my adulthood's been an adventure, though. Uh, it's been a wild ride. So most of my material comes from just the world around me. I'm also a storyteller like Max, so it's pretty easy. My jokes um, my jokes just kind of happen to me, you know, gross people touching me without my consent, stuff like that, you know. I, I thought we weren't going to talk about that on the... Well, I didn't promise you. Or was it somebody else? We settled this in court, Karen. Uh, it's where I got my merch. Okay? You have to go back to this every time. I have merch that says that's a pin that says um, no hugs. So, so you so you met Joe Biden then? Oh, uh, no. I wouldn't Social say commentary. <laughs> That's how you do it. Hey, I would rather be hugged by Joe Biden than the guy who inspired my merchandise. So. Well, all right then. So <laughs> when it comes time for you to sit down and write, um, how, what's your writing process when it comes to you know sitting down, putting your, your jokes together, your bits together? What's your, what's your writing process? Uh, oh, yeah. You want to start? Oh, no, you go. Uh, I'm one of those... It's funny, every time you hear that question on a podcast and then the comic will be like, yeah, I don't really write, I just, like, I have an idea and I jot it down and then I, you know, just, like, play with it on stage and yada yada, that's, like, always the thing. I'm one of those who, like, actually does, like, have to sit down and write, because I'm a very, um, I'm one of those very seldom, I guess, comics who's, has a very organized, like, I have a specific way of things I have, I have to do everything, like... Um, that's just my life, though. I mean, like, uh, everything in my house has to be, uh, need organized a certain way, and that, so that's how my, my set list has to be that way. Like, before I go on stage, like, I can't just, I hate just going up there and just being like, ah, I'll figure it out as I go. Like, my brain doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't like that, because then I, uh, can't decide on the spot. I like to have a very clear structure and organization. Like, my, my set always has to follow a certain arc, and uh, kind of flow naturally, and um, I prefer to kind of have that set up before I go on stage. So, and then that's how my writing goes. Like I'll be my the ideas for things, the the premises will come to me like as I'm doing chores, or I'm in the shower, or I'm driving, or at work, or whatever. And I'll I'll quickly write it down in my notes and like write down a funny line I happen to think with it that I could add to something. And then later on at night, um, that's kind of like my prime time. I have a hard time writing during the day or when there's things going on. Just like at, at nighttime when like my kids asleep, and I can like get just be like on the couch or in bed, just like everyone's asleep. Just nighttime, very silent. Then I that's when I can focus on how to develop it, and then I just. You know, a lot of the time it's just like I have the premise and I'll just start be, you know, even if nothing's funny, nothing funny is coming out, I'll just be writing and writing and writing until something clicks, you know, until the gear, like, it's enough until the gears start going and then I find, out of all that, I find some funny lines or some funny ideas to meld it into something. And then from there I can, you know, take it to stage, see what works, see what doesn't, and then I go back home and then I rewrite it or I just edit stuff out until it, you know, you just slowly but surely chisel away at the mold and turn yeah. it into what it is. So I'm one of those who, like, actually is one of the, like, writer writers. Like, I, I have to I have to do it that way. I don't uh, – it doesn't – it just – it's like a, a twitch in my brain. Like, I, so, I, I have to have things, like – 
organized and structured and set in like a very neat, organized right. way. Otherwise, I'm just like, I don't, I don't like how this is happening. So are you a pen to paper yeah. writer or a computer tapping no. on keys? I don't think, like, the, uh, if I have to, if I have to like really get something out or like if I'm out and about and stuff, I'll write in my phone just so I don't lose the thought. Right. But even if I do write it out on my phone because I'm out and about, uh, when I get home, I'll write it out. Uh, pen and paper. There's there's a, there's actually a study that said like um, your the creative side of your mind actually that the gears start going uh, quicker and uh, happen like faster when you the, some, there's something about pen and paper that right. like gets the gears going and really like um, and I think it has to do something with like just you know that something about a, a, the, the light of a screen and just like timing, it just kind of like dulls your mind. It's just kind of how like when you're watching television, you know that just you're, right. you're losing brain cells and there's, there's something about the screen that you're just like, you're losing that sort of uh, creative focus, you know, that. And let me just go ahead and throw this out since uh, Steve, the Regan, isn't with us today. Uh, I, I was going to tell people that was because he couldn't make bail. Uh, but but then he was like, uh, yeah, that that may sound a little bit racist. So then I was like, well, well they do call him the Rican. Well, you know, well, yeah. what? Where do you draw the line? I was just, <laughs> but I want to go ahead and say this uh, for Steve's sake. Uh, Max is much younger than me, and he still likes going old school, pen to paper. <laughs> There's something okay with going old school. That's all I'm saying. Now that I can, I'll go off my uh, grumpy old man uh, soapbox and go back to uh, talking what we were talking about. Uh, let me ask you, uh, because you you talk about uh, when you you try something out on stage and then you go back home and work on it a little bit more. Do you record all your sets? Yeah, I okay. both video and audio. So I, I do the anytime I can. Sometimes it's hard to set up. Uh, depending on the room and you know like where people are at or uh, and everything how full it is it can be hard to set up your camera like uh, right on time and have it ready so but I always always have my audio recorder on my phone and then but if I can I definitely have my camera out uh, because I mean that's one of the most important things is having having both to look back on so that like because when you just have audio you can pay attention to like oh I uh, I spoke too quickly through that one, um, or I um, I didn't do the right inflection, you know, in this joke, or I, I should have reworded that, yada yada. And then with the with the video camera, you can you know look at your body language, been like, oh, I was walking around too much, or I I shouldn't have you know used my hands so much that like really like took away from the dialogue of the joke. And so uh, I think it's really important to look at to view in both um, aspects just so you can like get a full on 360 view of your of your set and like cover any damages that you may have you know done to your set to fix for next time there have been times that, that uh, I record pretty much all of my sets I'll go back and listen to them and there's been a lot of times when I go back home and I'm like okay I need to rewrite just a little bit because in my brain and on pen and paper, it seemed like it was going to flow really well, but then I have to readjust and, and move a couple words around just in part of the editing process. Uh, and in that time, there's a lot of times where when I'm listening to it, 
something new will click that I hadn't even thought of in terms of a way to to bring the punch in. And, yeah. And so it's very beneficial for for me anyway. So Karen, what about you? Uh, how, how, how do you do your writing? <clears throat> um, I'm also old school. I do pen to paper most of the time. Like you, Max, I, I'll jot a note down on my phone, but then I go back to my phone and I'm like, I, I have no idea what this means. So uh, I've learned to to write everything down. Um, I A lot of my stuff kind of, you know, I'll write it down, I'll do it on stage a bunch of times, and then I, I change up. I'm, I'm not an exact person. I'm very, because I think, because I come from an improv background, I don't say everything the exact same way, um, ever, really. As many times as I've done these jokes, there's always, like, a tweak I can make or somebody will give me a tag or another tag that I think will work and sometimes it doesn't. Um, so I'm more of a see how the audience reacts, see what kind of audience it is. I'm really fortunate that Max is emceeing because in any time I'm featuring... I can really see, okay, they like this kind of joke, they like that kind of joke. That's the beauty of being a feature because um, you really kind of get to know the crowd before you go on stage, and then I can make adjustments to my set. Um, last night, I did two jokes that I knew I was going to do and then finished with nothing that I would have ever closed with. So <laughs> it was just like, oh, I'll throw this out there see what sticks so when it comes to again you, you're the process mm-hmm. of recognizing the funny sure you both talk about you get an idea you jot it down whether it's on a, a notepad you're hearing or you do it in your phone mm-hmm. you jot it down how long from the thought jotting down a thought what do you? What was a normal time frame for you guys in terms of hopefully that thought night. to, uh, to <laughs> punching up a joke and hopefully that night? I mean, if you—that's the thing—is that, that that's the thing that sucks. Is like what I hate about it is that I'll often get those ideas while I'm at work, and it's like when you have that creativity spark, it's like you you want to be able to like get to it as quickly as possible before you lose that, you know, that idea and stuff. And you'll have thoughts for it running through your brain. And then you, you know, if you wait too long, then you completely forget what you were going to do with that joke, even if you have the basic premise written down. So if any time that happens, especially if it's something that I'm like really excited about, like, oh, this, I could turn this into something really good. So if it's like at work or something, I'll write that down. And then, I mean, as long as I can for the rest of the day, I'll, I'll be thinking about it just like just so I don't lose that sort of thing I'll be trying to uh, think of different ways I can go about it or like add some tags in my head while I'm working or you know uh, on my on the drive home and you know as quickly as I can I'll get to the get to the notebook and and write it down just as much as at least the basic structure of it it's just so that um, you know um, because then once you start writing it then you put your 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 brain into that gear for the rest of the day, you know, and then you can, even while you're doing other stuff, you can just be subconsciously thinking about, uh, or not subconsciously, but like, you know, you can be doing something, but in your brain you're thinking about like how to go about that joke and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, uh, 
I have something sitting for just kind of stewing for a while, and I'll be you know I'll be humming my favorite uh, Drake song, uh, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden the inspiration hits, and I'll just. Uh, but yeah, I think there's there's times where you got to let it percolate a little bit. But uh, Karen, what about you? Do you <clears throat> how long from I got a thought to I'm, I'm throwing tr- it out? I try to do it. Um, I, have a, I basically run everything by uh, a couple people. Um, I bas- I have a, I'll call him my writing partner at home. Okay. Um, he's an engineer. He's a rocket scientist. Well. And his brain works differently than mine. Um, but he's also hysterically funny, and he knows mathematically what works. So any joke structure I need, I run by him. Plus he can tell me, oh, yeah, that's funny, or mm, I don't know if you're going to need to do something else with it. And then I have <clears throat> one or two comics that um, I'm really good friends with in Dayton who I'll say, I'll send him a note and be like, hey, can I run something by you? And then I try to get it on stage as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, I try to just test it out. And if I figure if it gets any of a reaction at all, the first time I tell it, then it's worth working on, even if I, you know pounded into the ground but it really helps to have somebody whose brain works differently um, than mine to say oh yeah I like this but you know you really need to set this part up a little differently or have you thought about where this is going or where it fits in your set Max do you have people that you do some writing with or are you uh, I don't ranger I don't write with anybody but I have uh, a group of friends we constantly are Watching each other's sets, like on on new um, new jokes, and giving each other tags a lot. Uh, my friends like uh, Nathan and Scott and JC were like three people that are constantly like, "Hey, you should you should like flip this, or you should add this tag to that, or you should you should tell that sooner." And then you know, blah blah blah. blah. Um, so we don't really like write together, but you know, we're we're always there to like see our new jokes and like. Um, help uh, help each other with the rewriting of yeah. it and editing and, and so forth but um, that's what I love uh, about workshops like at the Funny Bone anytime there's uh, uh, like sometimes it'll be like like storms like just just blow out the city like no one ever goes out whenever there's like a storm or it's raining it's just how St. Louis is so like anytime that happens on an open mic night it's usually like you just end up canceling the show so like no one shows up so and as much as that, as that can suck it's actually very beneficial in the sense that we'll, they'll still let us use the room and all the comics uh, will get together and do a workshop so like each comic will go up and do just like their, their brand new you know joke, the joke they were going to work on you know if they have something totally right. brand new that no one's heard yet and then they'll, they'll go up and tell it like they were telling it to a regular audience. And then for a couple of minutes, they'll stay on stage and, you know, all the comics would be like, hey, uh, try, you know, try using this instead of that and try, like, rewrite it this way, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, a lot of us, I mean, um, including myself, but several of us have really, like, <coughs> took the, our, that joke to the next level because a comic, like, had a great tag or, like, a great idea for, like, you don't even need that whole part of the setup, and you can get to the punchline sooner with that, or just use one or like one different word, like oh, that's a weird adjective. Use this adjective instead, and completely change the joke. And so, right. that's the thing I love about 
a great scene is like a supportive scene changes everything. Like right, it's, you, you should never look at comedy as a as a competition unless you're in an actual competition. <laughs> exactly, and even then, yeah. even then is is dumb. It's like you should all want to do well, but like especially the people in your scene, it's like. Uh, you want everyone you're seeing to do well because that's how you get your city recognized and then, you know, more producers and, um, you know, bookers and uh, scouts are going to be looking that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, that that is an important thing and I'm glad you said it because we've got comics, we've got people, not necessarily comics, uh, there are some that, I'm not sure uh, why they listen to the Bob's on the Rican show, <laughs> but I know we've got people around the country that, that will listen to the podcast and it's an important thing for us to, to mention is when you do your part to build that sense of community in in the comedy community mm-hmm. uh, and you, you are supportive to other comics and you bring along that supportive nature there's something that happens and uh, Jokers is a, is a great place here in the indie uh, where the, the comics that you'll see on an open mic or the comics that you'll see uh, coming out is it, a very supportive environment. And, uh, and that, that's where great things can happen. Mm-hmm. And so, so let me ask you this. Uh, what's, what do you think is the best piece of advice that somebody gave to you, either when you were first getting started or someplace along the way now, uh, that you've been doing it for a day or two, uh, what's the best piece of advice somebody's given to you about your comedy career? <laughs> all right, I guess I'm just going to be the, uh, the start on all these. Okay, um, let's see. Well, uh, the, I mean, a lot of the best advice I got was even at the very beginning. It was you know kind of along the way. But I would say one thing that helped, it wasn't a single piece of advice, but it was one um, one of my good friends, Rob Durham, wrote a stand-up guide, uh, uh, yeah, guide to comedy book called Don't Wear Shorts on Stage, and it is a really, really good book for people just starting out, um, and I mean, you should always take any advice with a grain of salt, because not everything works exactly for everybody, but it's a really great way to, like, just know the, uh, ropes of, you know, if you're someone that wants to get started in comedy, but, like, you really just need that extra push, that motivation. You want to know at least kind of what you're getting into to do it. It's a really great book for that. Um, it really just just like give you the motivation to get in and get started. Um, but I think the best piece of advice I got that I could give to anybody if you haven't tried stand-up yet but you want to is just just do it. Stop waiting. Stop like people will put it off for so long and then. Uh, it's like uh, it's like straight out of Forty uh, Year Old Virgin when he's like uh, he's like you're putting the pussy on a pedestal, you know what I mean? He's just like uh, you're you're building it up to be this this huge thing, and it's like it's not. It's just an open mic. It's the the more you build up an open mic, the more scary it's going to be, and you're going to bomb an open mic. And the bigger it seems, the worse that bomb is going to feel. Like the, all you can do is like because like that's what my friend told me. He's like don't. I was like, well, maybe I'll just like you know hold back for a while. I'll go check some out, and you know kind of see how I feel. It's like, no, don't. Dude, then you're just gonna you're gonna make yourself more and more uh, nerve wracked, and it's gonna be this big thing when you don't do well. So just 
just go in, just do it, get it out of the way, and know that it's it's no big deal. It's just an open mic. That's what open mics are for. You're going to bomb. Like, you will. We all do. That's what it's for, and it's not a big deal. But the longer you wait, the more it's going to seem like a big deal. So just do it. Yeah. So that's the best thing I could say is that don't, like, hold it off and turn it into this huge thing like you're getting an HBO special. It's just an open mic. Just get it out of the way. The And once you have your toe in the water like that, it's so much easier to make the dive into it and be, you know, get comfortable with it. The writing will come. Just write four minutes, even if you know it sucks, because it's going to suck. It'll, everybody's first four minutes just sucks. It's going to be garbage. That's just how it is. So just write that first four minutes of garbage and go bomb and learn how audiences react to your material and how you can edit. The writing will come. What's most important is getting comfortable going on stage and whether you do good or not. I know when my, when my son was getting started doing stand-up, uh, I, I said to him, uh, probably the best piece of advice I can give you is uh, bomb as soon as you can and get it over with. Because you're going to have a lot of times when you're going to bomb. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid of it. Right. Learn from it. So, exactly. yeah. So, and I think if I can sum up your piece of advice, don't be afraid of doing it. Just get up there, do it. Yeah. If you bomb, learn from it. If yep. you do great, and I will say, my, my son's first time out, uh, he had a pretty solid set, you know, and I was like, okay, just so you know, they're not all like that. You know? <laughs> so, so what was the best piece of advice somebody gave to you, Karen? Um, do this until it's not fun anymore, and then don't do it. Um, okay. I... I run an open mic. I run the Sunday comics at Wiley's. Uh, I've the piece of advice that I give everybody um, is just do it. But it's also what I consistently tell people, um, and what I've learned from a lot of people that are much more famous than I am, is nobody can do what we do. You know, there's a very small percentage of this population that can even speak in front of people um, comfortably. Right. And the fact that we can not only do that, but we can do that with our own material that we've written and that's funny, like, that's huge. That's that's such a small percentage of people. So when people get down on themselves, like, if they don't have a good mic or if, they, if they're joke bomb that they've been working on for months and that they just can't make it work, it's like, look, you know, pat yourself on the back that you can get up on stage at all. All right. And, and I really believe that. Now, I also believe strongly that if it's a chore and you hate it and you continue to do it because all your friends tell you you're funny, don't do it anymore. Right. <laughs> if you well, don't like it, don't do it. There, there are people that uh, I think go through their life needing that advice, whether it's comedy or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of operated my, my entire life, I've kind of operated, if I'm not having fun doing it, I'm not going to do it. Which is why by the time I was, uh, by the time I turned 30, I had had like 400 jobs. Uh, because <laughs> I wasn't having any fun. No. But, well, so. if only that's how it worked for everybody. Now, <laughs> yeah, some people just need that uh I don't know, I think, and this also just how people operate differently is just some people need, like, someone to tell them, like, man, you're funny, you need to go try an open mic, you need to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then some people, I, I, I was kind of the opposite. I mentioned wanting to try it, 
and I guess quote unquote friend. My friend was uh, going the opposite, opposite way. He's like, dude, you're not. You know, I guess Daniel Tosh was his favorite comedy. He's like, dude, you're not Daniel Tosh. Like, you're not gonna be able to do it. Blah blah blah. And my motivation was proving that's that's like always been my strongest motivation in life is proving people wrong. I love to fucking throw something back in someone's face. I love it. And so I I did it and worked hard at it just to um, just as a as a spite almost and ended up uh, falling in love with it. So I think everybody just needs their own type of motivation. You got to kind of find that that um, that motivation. What's gonna get you really motivate you to do it and then work work really hard at it so what's next for you guys uh you're you're here in town now for uh comedy junkies but what's next for you um when i get back to st louis uh from this well i'm also a producer at the funny bone so i run a monthly show there called the best of stl showcase um, not to brag, but it's uh, the biggest show in St. Louis. It's um, I've I've sold out the Funny Bone several times uh, with it, and uh, that that show's coming up in a week. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna get home and I'm gonna be, you know, aside from just like local shows and open mics, I'm gonna be working on you know, the last week of a you know your own show is always a lot of you know the last second like you gotta get on those last ads, you gotta do that last push of sending out you know reminders and email blasts and all that kind of stuff so i'm gonna be doing a lot of that and then um uh, just headlining a couple independent shows there and then i'll be um let's see i'm doing i'll be featuring at like there's a new comedy club in cape Girardeau. Uh, i'll be featuring there next month or like a month and a half and then uh, be featuring at blue room in springfield soon uh both those dates are uh, so it's between two dates, so I don't have a confirmed date yet. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think I've. I think that's all I've got at the moment. Maybe like a week of the funny bone soon, but uh, I, I have to look. I can't. I can't really think right now. <laughs> Karen, you mentioned uh, the, the competition that mm-hmm. you got coming up. Tell me again when when that is. Uh, the Wiley's fireworks competition is June twenty eighth to thirtieth. Okay. Um, it's $25 submission. You do not need to send a video, but you are guaranteed a spot on the show. And the first prize is $1,000. So that's my biggest And And are you, right you one of the judges? Nope. I just run the show. So um, it, would, and it, it wouldn't pay if I gave you $25 to, to get in and, and then maybe $50 to win. It, nope. So I'm not going to bribe you then because that's just, <laughs> yeah, just a... Anyway. I can't so, be bought, man. So besides uh, besides the fireworks thing, what, what's next for for Karen? Um, I'm on some. I'm on a lot of independent shows all over, um, and I'm also hoping to be in Florida for the World Series of Comedy Satellite in Sarasota. And um, I find out I think in the next couple of days. And I have a show possibly coming up in Myrtle Beach and another one maybe in Charleston. Um, but it's all kind of up in the air. Well, I'll let you guys know. Uh, we are real close. Uh, the, Steve, the Recon, and I are uh, we're real close to putting uh, ink to uh, contract for a uh, location in Greenwood for opening uh, Gutty's Comedy Club. Great. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) Gutty's Comedy Club is a family-friendly environment, clean room. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but uh, we've we've been doing shows around the Indianapolis area. Uh, we had uh, started to do some some Friday night shows at a theater over in Shelbyville, and uh, uh, that relationship kind of uh, went uh, went sideways, and so we're not doing that. But uh, we've got a venue that we're uh, starting uh, actually in negotiations with. And so once we get uh, once we get Gutty's uh, opened up, uh, I'll be touching base with you and saying, hey, uh, we've got this clean room. If you want to come by, we'll see what we can do to get you guys back into the Indianapolis area and uh, come hang out with us. Especially since you're in Dayton. Mm-hmm. It's only like, what, two hours from here. Yeah, so it's so far. It's a simple, simple drive, so uh, we'll have to get you back over here. Uh, St. Louis, what is it, five-hour drive? Yeah, uh, that's, that's nothing. I'm, so, I'm used to, yeah, I'm used to doing much longer drives than that. Yeah, although I have, it's interesting, uh, when I first started in comedy, uh, I could refer to myself as one of the, the road warriors, you know, because I was uh, jumping in my car and I was driving everywhere and somebody would say, hey, can you come? Yep, I'll be driving over there. Come on, let's go. Uh, and then I started doing a lot of corporate things and uh, that's really where I've, where I've made my money in, in comedy has been doing corporate events mostly uh, and uh, then I'm not really driving I'm flying in and, and so I, I don't know what I like uh, uh, wing warrior I don't know uh, dark wing duck I guess I don't know <laughs> anyway so well hey uh, I want to thank you guys for taking some time to sit down with us here on uh, the Pops and the Rican show sure. and, yeah, thanks uh, for having us absolutely tell all your friends about uh, about the podcast and tell them to subscribe and tell them to send money uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, the, the money part I'm not joking about everything else no I'm just so anyway uh, we've been visiting with uh, with Max Price yes. from St. Louis and Karen is it Karen Jaff Jaffe Jaffe yep Okay, I was like, I'm going to say this wrong. <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm just going to blame it on, the, I'm going to blame it on Steve the Reekin because uh, he's not here. Stupid Steve. And uh, so it's, it, <laughs> hey, if you didn't want to be blamed, you should have showed up. Uh, anyway, so uh, guys, thanks for, for coming in and sitting down with me for a little bit. And uh, plan on uh, coming down to tonight's show and uh, support. And Great. so oh, awesome. uh, hopefully uh, it's going to be the best show you've ever had because I don't want to be disappointed. I guarantee you. I hate yeah. being disappointed. No, you won't. Oh, no, no, no. It's the best show. Best show. Well, I'm Pops. Look at his lips! Pops and Pops and Pops.